the RFP podcast, episode number 177, Relentless Forward Progress. I'm your host, Mike Ubaldini, and as always, grateful to have you guys with us here today. Also joined by a friend of mine, Anthony Silva. You there, Anthony? I'm here, Mike. How are you doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. I'm doing great, thanks. Appreciate you coming on board uh, today and spending spend a little time time with me and, and the audience here uh, so for for the for the good of the group, uh, for the audience, uh, Anthony and I met. Oh, geez, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe, dude. I think it was a little more, almost two and a half years ago, uh, in Denver. Yeah, so it was yeah. November, I believe, of uh, two thousand eighteen. I yeah, believe that's, that's correct. We were both sitting at the the airport bar, and uh, it's it's interesting because I've talked on here in, in my blog, um, and I think you and I have had conversations in the past too about those chance meetings. You know, you never really know who you're sitting next to, uh, and you never know how that conversation is going. Most of the time, we go through life, and uh, you, you 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 know, I think we talked about this maybe that day at the bar is that. You know, you're sitting there, and it, for me, in the past, it was you, you're watching a, sport, a baseball game or a basketball game, and you're just zoned into that. You don't really care what's going on around you, let alone engage with the person next to you. Um, and over the years, through my transformation and, and you know my growth, I've I've been a little bit more courageous, if you will, and and brave and and engaging in conversations. And that day, we were sitting there, we we kind of got talking, and you know, we were both going to Phoenix and. One thing led to another, and I kind of shared my story, and you kind of shared some of your story. And you know, fast forward almost two years, we've you know, and, and from my perspective, we've we've kind of been going on this personal growth journey together, as well as building a friendship, building a business relationship, too. So I think what I want to kind of start off, uh, other than the introduction, is kind of talk a little bit about you know your your personal growth journey and and kind of where you were and where you've gotten to and kind of some of the things you've been learning along the way and some of the things you've been doing with your transformation and trying to be better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was uh, definitely a chance encountering and, you know, I think we hit it off watching a football game and just, just uh, sharing each other's stories had uh, some similarities and um, you know, things kind of have blossomed from there. Uh, you know, the last uh, several years, I moved from Boston four years ago to uh, to Arizona to take over a, a new position with work. And um, your life gets ahead of you and, you, you you know, you start to get stressed out with moves and changes in your life. And um, some things catch catch up with you, such as, you know, some of the some of your past. And, you know, kind of what I've been working on the last four years is changing some of the programming that I developed as I've come to realize as a, as a child. And, um, you know, as we grow up, um, the influences that, you know, not only our parents, our families, uh, schooling, um, you know, different, different environments that we're in are different things that we need to develop. We develop, you know, different programming for protective measures or, um, you know, for my case, I had a, a learning disability and I also grew up in a pretty abusive household at times. It was pretty dysfunctional. And, um, you know, lack of feeling potential love from my parents because I didn't understand what was going on, as well as um, thinking something was wrong with me for, you know, having to get extra help at school or being taken out of class and, um, you know, not really being able to comprehend that stuff as a young child. Um, I realized it's created a lot of gifts and strengths and at the same time it created some created some insecurities and weaknesses and and things that uh, I don't like about myself that I, I really wanted to work on and change so that's that's really been kind of my focus the last uh, last several years it's it's taken me a while to connect all the dots um, but you know the more that you put into the stuff sometimes it Initially, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, like, I don't want to do this. Uh, I was the last person that really wanted to, to, to go down that path. But um, I think it's, uh, it's crucial to understand where our gifts and strengths come from and to, uh, to undo some of that. You know, we, we are basically a computer system to undo some of that, you know, 
I call it a virus or programming that uh, that isn't isn't needed. You might want to be careful with that word virus uh, during these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is true. <laughs> Maybe so we'll you, call it a Trojan horse. <laughs> there you go. So there, there was a couple, there was a couple things just as you were talking that I pulled out that were great. And I love that kind of foundation you built because uh, one of the things I pulled out was, you know, and we'll start here. And, and, and I told you this kind of when we were hiking uh, the other, the other week that if there's something that I touch on that you don't, you know, you don't want to touch on yourself, you know, we could certainly bypass. This is very fluid as you know, I mean, fortunately, and I'm grateful for the fact that you've been listening to these and it's, it, this isn't perfect. So if there's something that we touch on that you want to bypass, just please feel free to let me know that. But you, you had mentioned there, there's, there's two things that I'm going to kind of lean into here. One is some of the things you don't like about yourself. And um, I, I wanted to get into that because we're going somewhere with this. And I want to do this because all of us listening, I mean, you, we've had so many conversations and, and, you know, I've, I've gotten really personal with you and shared a lot of stuff with you about my, you know, battles and challenges. And, and, you know, you, you probably know some things that most people don't know about me as far as some of the things that I don't like. And especially now, right. Especially in, in what we're dealing with, with the circumstances in this world, you know, there's ebbs and flows each day. There's things that I do. I might have too many beers one night and I'm like, ah, shit, really don't want to do that. I don't like myself about that. But Going back to your point and going back to, you know, what's kind of prompted you to go through this growth, what are some of those things that inspired you or motivated you or pushed you to, to change some of those things that you don't like about yourself or didn't like about yourself? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a deep question. It's a, and a good one. Um, you know, it was, I think the, the biggest things are one, um, you know, from the outside, a lot of viewers or people that I work with or colleagues would be like, oh, Anthony's a very confident person, sometimes potentially cocky. But, um, you know, I, I don't think I really, you know, loved myself or had confidence, uh, great inner confidence just because of the insecurities of potentially feel, not feeling loved, um, you know, when I was younger. And at the same time, um, you know, I, I've used anger as a motivator for a long time. And, you know, as a child, you, you know, I realized that was a protective measure as a defensive measure you'd get make fun of, or, um, you wanted to, you know, you were mad at your parents or whatever it might be. I, I developed, uh, you know, using anger as a motivator and it helped me quite a bit in sports, helped me in workouts, uh, help me get over certain things uh, and help me certainly in work. Um, but as you get older, it doesn't help you in relationships. And anger is a very draining, um, a draining motivator to use. You're, you get a burst of it and then you crash. So, uh, you know, looking to develop, you know, other sources of uh, things to push me, drive me, motivate me, as well as to, to find that inner confidence to you know, be lovable and be loved. Um, you know, I think those are the two biggest things because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'd be quick to be snappy, um, and, uh, or, or in situations where I should be feeling very good about myself, I still hadn't. Hmm. That's, uh, it's crazy, man, because it, 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 and I think this is obviously a link to why we get along so well, or is it, it, you're, what you're saying, I'm relating to so well, and and you know this because we've talked about it so much. So, and it's great that I'm sure a lot of the audience is relating to it too, because it's especially, and this might come off wrong. I don't want it's going to sound wrong, but especially kind of like the male audience, right? Um, because we 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 have this aura, you know, society and culture has built us up that we have to be tough, that we have to be driven and we have to be in control of the male. Right. Um, so a lot of these things you're talking about, we're talking about vulnerability, right? Yeah. Um, you know, being lovable, being loved, loving ourselves, using anger as a motivation. These are all struggles, you know, that I've dealt with my entire life and, and that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. And I think most men are dealing with, and that's not to say women don't have that struggle too, but I mean, this is, this is great stuff. So I appreciate you kind of digging deep here. So yeah. um, I think we, uh, 
you know, we, we callous ourselves in a way, you know, you yeah. work out, you callous your hands, you know, so they're, they're protected. And, um, yeah, the more trauma that you go through, whatever it might be, I think you, you start to, to callous over a period of time. So you, you try to prevent yourself from being hurt. Um, mm. and yeah, I think that was part of it. You know, it's, um, you know, whether it was things from parents or, you know, kids at school or a girlfriend, um, you start to kind of, I was starting to callous myself from being emotionally connected with people mm -hmm. or being available, um, you know, and that, that kind of coincided with that, that kind of anger piece. And, you know, that's kind of where really where I realized it, you know, I was craving, you know, better interpersonal relationships. I you know, wouldn't like myself if I was after I, you know, why did I say that? Like, why was that my, my reaction, you know, in retrospect? So a, a lot of those things were happening. And, um, you know, I think once I moved in the last four years, some of it spurred from a relationship that I, uh, that a longer term relationship that I had been in and self-reflection, but, um, it really then dovetailed to get deeper to, to figure out, you know, where do these things come from and how did I develop these? Well, you, you're actually kind of leaning right into where I was kind of, what the next question I was going to ask, because you're talking about, we're, we're, you know, we're callousing ourselves or you're callousing yourself. We all do it obviously. But my question was going to be, how has that impacted relationships uh, whether, whether, you know, uh, let me, let me backtrack that question. Has that, that callousing, right. Right. That programming, if you will, going back to the original, your, your, one of your original comments, mm -hmm. has, has that created a fear, right. In, in opening yourself up in being vulnerable in some of your relationships, whether it's professional or personal. Yeah, in ways, um, I'd say certainly, you know, seeing my parents not get along, you know, I think that kind of initially showed me like, hey, relationships potentially are dangerous, um, you know, and then other things that have happened you know, through my life, um, I think I, I started to develop, uh, you know, a, some type of fear or um, resistance to, you know, exposing my true feelings to other people mm. or myself you know i could i could give you my opinions on everything all day long but to express my true you know inner feelings and love became you know starts to become became more difficult because sure. that was you know i think developed kind of as a somewhat of a defense mechanism um in some manner huh yeah i mean do you think uh, do you think that do you think you lost on some relationships because of that? Yeah, certainly at times. And that, you know, that's something that I've thought about and um, yeah, that's, we can go down another rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the, the, I guess the third leg of the stool is uh, really um, not dwelling on the past. And I think, you know, for a period of time I got stuck because I, I was having some retrospect on, you know, whether it was work opportunities or, relationships like what did i do wrong you know um mm -hmm. you, what what happened you, you know, was it me was it them you know but i've come to realize at the end of the day yeah it probably did hurt those but at the same time um you know we we all have things brought into our lives at different times for certain reasons and uh mm -hmm. you know even though you know i might have had you know strained relationships and the last one was like seven years and never ended up getting married or anything like that just because it was so strange the whole time and I stayed in it. Um, but it was a great interest introspectively. It was a great learning experience and probably what I did need at that time, whether it was, you know, part, um, both parties I'm sure have fault in, in any fault, you know, relationship, um, good or bad. But, um, you know, it, it made me force, it forced myself to look introspectively to improve myself, um, to try to be, you know, more of a, the person that I, I want to be and my be more of my true self. What do you, what do you think the, the biggest nugget, the biggest lesson you've learned, not necessarily just from 
that one relationship, but just this process with regards to having that fear of opening yourself up? Um, I'd say your, you know, your gut react, your gut instincts um, are usually the right ones and, Mm. you know, not being afraid to share those. Mm. Um, You know, I had things in my mind, whether it was, I loved the person and didn't share them or, if something was bothering me and I, I didn't share it, you know, cause I didn't want to create issues. Uh, well, there's not to, not to interrupt you, but there's also not sharing because you love the person, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there, but go ahead. No, no, that, that's definitely true. And yeah, you don't, maybe you don't want to hurt them or you don't want to cause a fight, you know, one way or the other. But um, I think, you know, sharing your feelings so you can have discussions and getting things off uh, off your chest, whether it's in business um, or a relationship, I think are very important because otherwise, you know, you can create resentment um, towards each other. And I think that that might have been more or less what happened. Me not um, addressing issues that were coming up immediately because maybe I love them and I was scared to hurt them or maybe, uh, you know, I was scared to uh, create, create arguments, um, and, uh, didn't, didn't address those things right away. And at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know, I think it went the other way and, uh, I, you know, I have a hard time sharing my, my feelings about the person. And so now they, uh, they in turn don't see how much you may care for them or love them because you may feel that internally, but if you're not expressing them, people aren't mind readers. So that, that's another thing that I learned. Mm. So it, there's a lot that goes with it, but it goes both ways. How, how has, you know, cause you talked about the, the, you know, the, the family dysfunction growing up and, and, and stuff like that. And I know actually, I believe if I'm not mistaken, when we met in Denver, you were coming back from a trip with your pop, with your dad, yep. a hunting trip. So let me ask you, how has, this learning and this growth and some of these lessons you've, you've learned help with the relationships with your, your family that may have caused some of this function in the past. Yeah, no, it's, it's helped a lot. And actually even before um, some of this stuff where I really started to go deeper, um, I I really wanted to improve the relationship with, with my family. So um, I had, I'd started maybe six, seven years ago, I did something called the landmark forum. And I think that really actually kicked thinking back, kicked off um, kind of this, this self uh, improvement or self insight journey. And part of that was uh, I didn't really know what a lot of things stem from, but I, I wanted a good relationship with my parents. Like, yeah, things happen. Um, but at the end of the day, they're still your mom and dad. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I wasn't happy going to their house or going to, um, family functions and, and feeling that anxiety that I had as a child and not connected, you know, not being able to give my dad a hug or, you know, shake his hand just cause I had this, you know, would just overcome with this inner kind of childhood feeling again that like, I hate this guy, he did this or that. And, uh, I couldn't, couldn't get over that. And mm. I, I didn't want that. So, um, you know, part of that process was to, you know, reach out to talk to them um, somewhat. And also I started to realize, you know, people are who they are. And, you know, looking back and going through my own self, you know, you realize other people have their own faults and, you know, he, his childhood was, wasn't, it was probably worse than mine. And, um, you know, you only have the tools available to you that you, you were taught and, uh, you know, accepting people for who they are, you know, not trying to change them or uh, dwell on the past because I realized like that feeling of dwelling on the past or that anxiety that I had was only punishing myself and robbing me from the relationships that I wanted, the relationship that I wanted with my parents. How, how, I mean, the, the how question is, is tough, right? Because I, what I want to pull out, I want to, I, I want to understand as well as the audience to understand because that happened six or seven years ago. So what, what do you, what, what was that 
intolerability point that got you the awareness you needed to realize I, I want to improve this. I want to, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I want my relationship with my family to be better. Is there something you could think back to that kind of triggered that? You know, I, I don't think it was one, one event or thing. Um, it was just a, a culmination, you know, of just that uncomfortable feeling when I was around them and, you know, I'd be mm. so happy and go lucky when I wasn't. And then I would get to the the house and all of a sudden I would just be, uh, become introverted and, um, you know, have anxiety or anger. And I, I just hated that feeling. Um, I didn't really know where to go from there or, you know, I just knew I didn't like that and that's not what I wanted. And I, you know, I thought this was, you know, in my head, I'm always like, this is weird. Like I see other people having, you know, these loving relationships with their parents and I'm like, uh, I can barely, you know, go near them without kind of being snappy or just because of the anxiety that I potentially had. Um, and at the time where I was working there, uh, uh, one of my colleagues, she was trying to get everybody to do that landmark forum. And I think during that event, it's, it's kind of, they go through kind of like the, it's a group kind of coaching or therapy somewhat. Um, and they were kind of talking about, uh, you know, getting to a place of nothingness, right? We were born as an empty slate and um, we develop all these things. So some of the stuff I, I mentioned are gifts or strengths and those kind of things. But part of it, you see other people get up and share their stories. And I think people sharing their stories uh, about their, their parents and really seeing like how, you know, the smallest things really affect people for the rest of their lives. Um, and that really gave me the insight to say, okay, you know, I'm sick of this. Like all these things happened. Let's face them. Um, and, and, uh, you know, let's move on from here because it's a decision that I need to make. If, if I want to have this relationship, why am I punishing and robbing myself from that? So, you know, on top of that, my father is a big hunter. So that's how we met in Denver. I never really was into hunting. Um, but I decided, you know, he's getting older and his uh, friends aren't able to go with him anymore. And, you know, one of the things about accepting my father is you have to meet him on his terms. And uh, he is who he is. He's not going to change. And I can't expect to change that. So I decided to uh, go elk hunting with him in Colorado. And it was uh, it was a wonderful experience. We to, to bond for a week. We were in a drop camp at 10,000 feet um, in the middle of Colorado in a tent in uh you know, 10 degree weather, hiking up and down mountains, looking for elk for a week. So um, it was a you know, great experience to have with him and meet him on, on his terms. And I, I really did enjoy it. Was that, that wasn't the first time you did it that time we met in the airport, was it? Um, I had gone, uh, you know, bird hunting and stuff with him as a kid, but that was really the first time I had been on like a uh, hunt like that like I had never wanted to go deer hunting and sit in the woods and I had I just really never had uh the the, the want to do any of that so that really was like the first kind of you know real hunting trip that I ever did with him yeah he had sent was me that to the wilderness camps and things like that as a child you know um wanting me to to get involved with things that he liked um but I just you know I I always kind of rejected them just because i probably my tension with him um but that was really the first the, the first you know big hunting trip i did like the you know going pheasant or quail hunting with him because we grew up with uh, griffins which are bird hunting dogs so i really liked mm -hmm. the dogs and watching them work and and that was a really cool experience but other than that um really never was into it nor nor wanted to go but this wasn't the first time since you kind of approached him and opened up and said yeah i want to make this relationship better that that was the first time we did something like that wow yeah, yeah. wow i had wow. taken I him know, to. Uh, i didn't know that was that soon yeah i, I didn't had know that taken was him to like um some sporting events and stuff like that you know before to to, to do stuff with him but now that was really kind of uh the first time and then last year we we you know did another trip and we have another trip planned this year so um so it's been, re I mean, obviously he's been receptive and it's been, it's been positive, obviously, and, and moving forward, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, he, I'm, he definitely wanted a relationship too, a better relationship. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
I don't think he knew how to approach the situation uh, himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Because you know, my 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 pop is in his seventies, right? And you you talk about us. You know, you're in your thirties. I'm in my forties, and and we're going through this process about trying to put, reprogram ourselves, right? Try to convince somebody that's in their late sixties or in their sixties and seventies trying to get them to reprogram themselves, right? It's as hard, it's hard as hell for us to do it. And they're 20 plus years our senior. Oh yeah. It's, it was, it was uh, very funny when I first called him to, to have the, the first kind of conversation, he dropped the phone. It was like, what, what, uh, you know, just kind of caught him so off guard, you know, and part of that conversation, I really came to the realization that, you know, he did all he could do. That's all he knew because he was like, well, you know, we provided for you. I brought you to all these sporting events. So I got you this and that. That was his way of sharing love, right? Um, or taking care of me. So in his mind, I had a great childhood. You know, like, what, mm-hmm. you know, everything was perfect. Um, you know, what about me? <laughs> you know, it's, it, my childhood was even worse. You know, that that's still programmed in his mind. Um, and I wasn't going to change that. So, you know, going back to you know every little detail, you know, it wasn't really going to to improve the situation. And I realized that quickly. It's like, okay, you did this, this, and this to me. You, you put my dog to sleep on my birthday. What, what, what benefit is that going to get? You know? Yeah. Um, so let me, I want to, I'm just curious cause I kind of had a similar conversation with, with my, my dad um, years ago. What, I mean, how, how did you approach that and I'll, I'll let you answer after because when I did it what I learned from uh some books and and, and it's kind of on the same message you want to you want to free yourself right you want to cleanse yourself so one of the things that I learned was to uh, it's forgiveness right mm-hmm. one is accountability and the other one is forgiveness so I remember our conversation I had with my dad probably oh geez eight seven eight nine years ago where I picked him picked up the phone and I called him and and you know, my relationship with my father has, has always been, well, I mean, yeah, there was, there was um, conflict and there was arguments and there was fighting. There was, I, I left home, I got kicked out. There was, there was battles, but fast forward to this point where I was going through this transformation, I picked up the phone and said, dad, listen, I just wanted to let you know that I forgive you and I love you. And he kind of had that, that same reaction, right? He didn't drop the phone, but it was like, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't necessarily what he did. It was more for me to let that go because again, he was doing the best he could with what he had at that time. Both of our parents were, and he, they were doing what they knew was best based upon their programming. So I'm interested, you know, how did that conversation kick off? Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head and, you know, it, it, it comes down to forgiveness and letting go. And I, you know, kind of missed that term, but, um, you know, that conversation was, you know, he didn't realize, he didn't think that he did anything wrong. Right. Mm. So, you know, we create these stories right or wrong. And I, you know, I read these books and you hear other podcasts and it's like half the stories you tell us, it's like, tell yourself 50% of it's made up anyways in your own head. <laughs> and it's from your mm. own perspective. So, you know, just to kind of, I mentioned the dog thing, you know, that was one of the things we had a conversation about. I get home from, from school, I'm locked out of the house and I, my family dog for 13 years, I can see that it's not there. And I start having this feeling and, you know, he, he ended up putting the dog to sleep and it was happened to be my birthday. So, you know, I'm probably 11 years old and you can tell how I take that. Um, Sure. But then having those conversations, like he's like tearing up and like, well, I, you know, the dog couldn't walk. It couldn't get up, you know, I it was suffering. So, you know, you start to kind of have these realizations and um, they, do you hit it on, on the head? It, it comes down to forgiveness and just letting go because if you're holding on to anger, which I've held on to a lot, you're only punishing yourself. So, yeah. You know, you can't expect the other person if you want a relationship with them, especially parents. Things go back through that long ago to even remember or even think that they did anything you know wrong because that's all they knew. 
and yeah, yeah, they I mean, were you nip and that's a sorry no, to interrupt, okay. but you I mean you hit it right you I mean you're he didn't even know and how often in 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 relationships right and whether they're whether they're family and intimate and and loving relationships or they're just friendships or just business relationships where you know somebody is somebody is doing something that you don't like and or doing something wrong or however we want to describe it we just don't like what that other person is doing and we don't have that conversation or we avoid that conversation the point is that we're not making that other person that other party aware of how what they are doing is impacting you and they don't even know they don't even know that what they're doing is pissing you off or pissing somebody else off and they go through life without that awareness and and i mean this sounds i mean that's the same thing with your dad it was the same thing with my dad like i didn't even know what I, what the hell i was doing you know exactly Exactly. And that's, that's really what it is. And, you know, that kind of goes back to me saying, you know, initially, like when you asked me about my relationship, um, the last one or what I've learned from some of these about, you know, vulnerability and opening up and ex expressing those things to, you know, my, my loved ones now or, or relationship now, because um, not sharing what's bothering you or how that person might have hurt you, you, you know, you just create this resentment. And then they just see that, you know, this guy, you know, he's an asshole because he's snappy at me or he's, uh, yeah. you know, saying different things, but it really comes down to, you know, I wasn't sharing probably because of my childhood, I didn't have a voice. I didn't feel like I had a mm -hmm. voice because I didn't know where to go. So I internalized and kept all those things to me. Um, and that kind of carried over, uh, you know, into relationships now just to kind of tie it all together and, um, you know, not being able to express, Hey, you know, what you did really hurt me or, uh, you know, bothering me or, Hey, I even love you, you know, and this is why, um, you know, I think created a, a lot of issues and, uh, the communication and, you know, resentment can build. And then the other person only sees that and they don't understand where it comes from. Right. Yeah. And the, the other component I was thinking about when you were talking too, because you, you mentioned the, the last relationship you had is, is, um, now me, I've, I've gone through this for a long time, so I probably share a little bit too much with my wife <laughs> than, than I should, or she would want me to, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation, especially in a newer relationship, um, where you might share, you, you might be vulnerable to a point where she, in, in a, in a, a heterosexual relationship, she may think, oh, well. Well, he he's not quote unquote a man he's soft you know what i mean so yeah. you got to be really careful because i think that i think that concept may have been i think we might be turning turning a little bit on that one uh, because vulnerability is is more apparent now and i think it's it's more out there but you know and we've we've talked about it like 15 10 15 years ago if if we were talking about vulnerability we would be completely shunned as, as, as males, how bad that sounds, but that's the truth. No, absolutely. And then, you know, for me, it's still a work in progress. You know, I'm in a new relationship yep. now and I, I still, am, I have hesitations about opening up and, uh, you know, sharing exactly how I feel. And it's, you know, it does bother me. I'm like, why can't I just say this? <laughs> why can't I yeah. just tell her, Hey, you know, I really, you know, love you or this and that. And, um, I have hesitations probably, so, uh, you know, because I still, I still have some insecurities about being hurt or, you know, not being loved or maybe not deserving it. So, you know, those are, uh, those are those inner voices that, you know, still there that hold in, hold you back a little bit that just remind yourself, Hey, you got, you got a little more to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. It's all work process process. I will disagree with you and say that you do deserve it because we all deserve it. I, I, um, I will phrase that wrong. I, I definitely do deserve <laughs> it, but I think it's that like inner, um, you know, inner restriction, but you know, I, 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 I know I deserve it. We all do. So yeah. I appreciate you let's calling say, me out on that one. <laughs> absolutely. Brother. Uh, let's, let's, you, you, you mentioned, you know, we talked about that this actually last week on the hike too, the learning disability. Um, and cause I, I want, I, I think I, if I recall correctly, that's going to lead to something and I want to touch on that too. So if you can talk about the learning disability and, and how that, 
kind of played into whole this whole process of your you know your insecurities growing up and and you're you're trying to be be wanted and and part of the group and and how you've transitioned from that point to today as well yeah um so you know my mom to kind of tie this in my mom is actually a a reading teacher a title one reading teacher so um she dealt with children, you know, and helped children that had learning disabilities her whole career. Um, so that was an interesting dynamic to add to it. So I, um, I was always a very active child. And, you know, I think back to even starting in when I went to, to preschool, I went to a parochial preschool and I was, this was where some of the programming starts and you start to think something is wrong with you as a, as a person or that you're bad. Um, you know, I remember distinctly, we, we would take naps. You'd have to take naps in preschool. And the nuns would put stars on the board for people who were sleeping. They were the good kids. And I couldn't sleep. I was always very active. And so I never got stars. I was the bad kid. <laughs> so, you know, it sort of starts to, starts to kind of kind of go and you know fast forward uh well, a little bit i uh, one funny piece of that my where my mom actually realized some of it was the one day i slept my mom had sent me to school when i was extremely sick and uh the nuns told her that day wow anthony was uh, such a good boy today he slept and that's when it hit her like a ton of bricks like she she started crying and, and so she's told me that you know like he was sick and you know, at that point on they kind of were like this is kind of BS and gave me toys to stuff and stuff to play with under the blankets. But um, you know, that you still have that feeling that you're the bad kid in the group um, mm. going to first grade. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with reading comprehension, reading out loud and spelling. So they started to test me for learning disabilities and uh, pull me out of class. So at that time, you, you know, you start to feel like something's wrong. You don't know what's up. And, um, you know, I started getting tested and I ended up over, you know, my course of my childhood, I think I got tested three different times and once by school, once by a, a psychologist and once again, um, maybe a children's hospital in Boston. And, um, you know, all those times that they, they do IQ testing with that. And I was in the very high range for IQ, but I had a lot of issues spelling. And um, they diagnosed me with uh, dyslexia. So I remember, I think in second grade, my parents sat me down at the kitchen table before I was going to go to school and uh, tried to tell me, you know, that I had this dyslexia. And um, it just ended up, I just remember screaming, like, I don't even know uh, what, you know, how it went. But I just remember it was this horse show and uh, feeling like, you know, I was, being uh, told that I had some kind of terminal illness or, you know, something terminally wrong with me or different. And, um, you know, the way that schools are, you know, you, you know, you're pulled out for extra things or extra um, classes and, or you do spelling bees in elementary and middle school. So obviously, you know, I had to get up and spell in front of my classmates. And uh, you know, that presented a lot of things because, you know, one, you get made fun of, I got called Corky for a period of time, which was, you know, the, the, the show with the kid with Down syndrome. And, right. um, you know, that, that created uh, insecurities that maybe I wasn't smart. Um, maybe I wasn't good enough. And also at the same time, I learned that, hey, if I beat the hell out of these kids, they'll shut up. So, mm. you know, I created, uh, you know, definitely behavior issues because I was, I started to resort to violence to, to stop people from saying things. Um, or you start to do stupid shit to get people to like you and to laugh mm. and really got me disenfranchised with education and school because that was my op out. It was to, to use that as an excuse that I'm not trying as a reason why I'm not potentially doing well. And wow. I think that's carried on to you know, certain times in life, uh, fast, you know, going fast forward again in fair fa failure where I use not trying my hardest as an excuse that I, why I didn't succeed or, you know, and I think a lot of people have that. Um, so what I've been, you know, I kind of shared with you and, and part of this journey, really going back and thinking about programming, what happened as a kid and different things and really where passions may lie. 
um, yeah, I've, I've kind of thought about different ways where I can, uh, maybe either put together some kind of podcast or some kind of coaching program to help children, you know, find their superpowers and help also parents, you know, with how they can, um, coach children not to, and, and not feel insecure themselves. Cause I know, you know, whether it's learned disabilities or autisms or things or anything like that, parents that have uh, children um, that have any of those issues have a much higher divorce rate. So you just, mm. it creates a lot of insecurities in the household and the child picks up on that and just thinks more is wrong with them. So I haven't really put it all together yet, but um, ways to help make people feel like kids that they're special because there are a lot of gifts that come with it. You look, there's a lot of celebrities that have, learning disabilities, um, a lot of famous people, a lot of people that, um, you know, Richard Branson has dyslexia, Justin Timberlake, you know, has all these people, a lot of really smart people are successful people. You can look them up, um, have, have different things in it. They do provide other gifts, um, but it's focusing on those gifts instead of, instead of the weaknesses. You know, for me, um, you know, I have, I'm, I'm very intellectual, very big picture thinker. I'm great at math. Have good communication and relation uh, relating skills, but I can't spell to this day. So, you know, it's that's not going to change. What uh, you and you touched on a little bit, but and I, I want to go back to the podcast because I think that's a great a great thing, and I want to promote that. But you you touched on some of your your gifts and strengths. What what I mean from from because the story, and I'll, I'll share this with you, dude, man you're you're a gift i mean for me you you've been a gift in my life and in my family's life and you know you've helped us out thank you, know, you. from a professional from your professional from a financial financial planning perspective and, and that that's a gift in and of itself but the relationship that we have been able to build uh and the connection we've been able to have over the course of almost two years now being able to hear this story and, and having the opportunity to, to get you to communicate the story out, that's a gift. And being a, a part of it is that's I'm grateful for that. So that's a gift, dude. So I just want to say thank you and, and, and let you know how much I appreciate you. But from your perspective, what are what are your just give me give me what you feel is your is your gift that you've learned uh, throughout this journey? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, the big thing for me is relatability with people. You could put me in a room with, um, you know, re really anybody and, you know, I can relate to what's potentially going on in their life because, you know, take getting taken out to being put in classes with kids with learning disabilities. One, you have other people that are like, like minded with you, but at the same time, you know, there's kids in there that don't even have learning disabilities that just family issues and just, just dysfunction. So, you know, befriending those people, I grew up in a, uh, you know, wealthy town, but I spent most of my days in an inner city. My mom was a teacher in the inner city, uh, near me, Lawrence, my father, um, owned a store there and I spent most of the days in the boys and girls club. So I was exposed to very, you know, very low income, um, multiple races. And, you know, I spent my time with multiple different se segments of people. Um, you know, so I have, I think an ability when I meet with people, especially professionally, um, to make them feel comfortable, no matter if they're you know, a multi-million dollar person or they have 10 cents. Um, and, you know, I think I, I, part of that, I take the time even with people, you know, my business life or personal life to go out of my way to, to talk to, you know, people that may not have an impact in my life, whether it's, you know, at the airport, um, you know, somebody that's shining shoes, for instance, I'm just throwing something out there. Whoever yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, from the learning disability perspective, I think, you know, dyslexia in general, you're good, you're good, uh, you know, big picture visionary type thinker generally, um, it helps you, you don't know, think, think like that. And, um, you know, running a business and organization, I think that has been a, a gift to be able to relate to my, my people that work with me and for me, uh, and my clients, as well as being able to plan and think bigger picture. I think those are really the two, two biggest gifts that ended up coming from everything. 
is there is there someone or, or a number of people that have been really influential um, in this process in your life in general? Um, I don't, I, I can't pinpoint exactly one person. Um, I think the first person that I felt that really truly believed in me was uh, a basketball coach. Um, my JV basketball coach, um, uh, coach Hatem. He was actually an English teacher as well. And, uh, he ended up passing away, but uh, of cancer several years after I graduated. But uh, he he was the person that really believed in me, and I think uh, helped me wanted to strive at that time to do well. Because if I hadn't had basketball or you know him, I probably would ended up in jail at some point. Um, mm. And that's a whole different story. But um, you know, then from there, my mom's always been a great rock and support system, and. Um, you know, just a great role model. And I think just, uh, just in general, just people that I, I work with and, and seeing them wanting to strive to be better has caused me to seek out more personal growth. But I think it's, uh, I can't say one person uh, specifically, you know, talking to you, for instance, inspired me to, you know, how you deal with your girls and your, your, your wife and the relationship that you had with them, or our initial conversation really inspired me to want that more you know, from our, our, our initial conversation. So, you know, there's, there's not just one thing or one person. Um, I've taken a lot from a lot of different places and, you know, uh, those things have, have driven me. Great. I mean, that's, that's fair enough. And you know, I think many people, I think many people could, could have that story where there was someone, right. That, that triggered the, uh, the momentum, right. That kind of, that lit the match that helped you believe in yourself. You know, there's that great quote, you know, if you can't believe in yourself, believe in the other person's belief in you until your belief kicks in. Um, and usually it's child, somebody in, in, in your childhood in, in, you know, for me, it was someone in childhood sports too, but in any event, let's circle back to that, that podcast. Cause I want to make sure, cause we talked about it last Tuesday and I really liked it. And I think it's going to be great. So if you could talk a little bit about that, let me know the name of it. And I know it's, yeah, so I haven't, I it's haven't not fully, fully yet, baked so yet. I don't know exactly if I want to share the, the name and, and stuff yet okay, just, and, fair and reveal everything at just this moment. But uh, the idea behind it is, uh, you know, I'd like to bring on, um, you know, children, psychologists, teachers, parents, and just have a discussion, uh, discussions about um, learning disabilities you know, how to help children, our current education system, how that can, can be better to, to better serve and, um, and get children more engaged in school instead of disheartened. Because I think the way that we currently do things today uh, dis disenfranchises children from uh, wanting to succeed in education and, and pushes them away from it, especially if they feel bullied or they have a, a learning disability. Um, so to create a platform and an outlet for people to be able to, you know, community for, for, of support, essentially, um, you know, that, that's kind of the, the genesis of what I'm, I'm, I'm looking to kind of create. And, uh, you know, my dream would then would eventually to be, to be able to bring on some celebrities and other, you know, influential people that, uh, or not even people that are just successful in general that, uh, that have had, that grew up with, whether it's ADD or dyslexia or, you know, maybe autism or anything else and to share their, their success stories and hopes to give parents uh, and other children a place to, to show them like, Hey, this isn't, this not, not something wrong with you. You know, this isn't, um, you know, bigger, a bigger deal as, as it you may seem. Now, obviously there's some yeah, situations awesome. that are much more severe, but um, in general, you know, that I, I, I think it's uh in some cases, it's just a, it's a gift, not a, a curse. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, might not be the, the right phrasing, but it's not a death sentence. You're going to be able to make something out of yourself just, just because you, you, you're in this situation and circumstance now, doesn't mean it's the, the end all be. Exactly. So pay attention to that folks out there. Uh, hopefully we'll get that going yeah, for you. I think we'll get that going for you. Know, 
<laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's. Uh, I, w- I want to start landing this plane. And and uh, again, I appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome stuff. I there was there's a lot of conversations Anthony and I have had, but a lot of the stuff that came out today is is new for me. And I think it was just. I think it was really great. So I appreciate that, Anthony. Oh, thank um, you. Thanks for having me. Just uh, absolutely. Just so it's two questions I like to end with. Um, and real quick. So, you know, we got, I don't know if this question would be a question considering the circumstances that we are in, but maybe it would be. But the question is what has been, you know, your indulgence during the COVID coronavirus quarantine? Well, um, I, I guess my indulgence, actually, I started to uh, take personal fitness um, in my diet to, uh, to another level. Um, I, I really, once it started, I was like, this, you can go down a bad path pretty quickly with being home, working from mm-hmm. home, eating, um, you know, TV and other, uh, other things are there for you to uh, indulge in potentially. So I've, you know, part of the things we started hiking together, and I think that was kind of the genesis for me coming on, um, but trying to work out consistently every day. And I really um, take a, took a positive away from this whole thing was to, to spend more time with myself, you know, meditating, taking my health uh, more seriously and, uh, you know, being able to do something uh, every day, you know, fitness wise has really been kind of the gift of this whole thing for me. Um, so I'd say that was really the, the biggest indulgence, which was a, a good one. Yeah, I was going to say I've had a few people on and it. I mean, mine has been most, mostly consuming more beer than I <laughs> usually do. But, hey, I, I'm glad that you did something positive. That's awesome. So uh, the, the last question is, and there was a lot of stuff, obviously, that listeners just found out about you. But what is one thing that most people don't know about you? Wow. Well, in general, I mean, listeners got a little more of an insight, but um, I think people right. that I, I work with or know me, they, they see me have more of a outer shell. And I think um, a lot more uh, loving and soft internally. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but I think that's... Uh, hey, if from, that's, your, if that's from, your answer, that's your answer. That I wasn't looking for something. I, I'd say that's... Uh, that's what it is. And, and maybe, you know, I have a lot of other interests that might, might seem weird. I, I go on hikes and I take a lot of pictures of wildflowers. Most people wouldn't know that. I got a lot of, <laughs> I got a lot of pictures on my phone. So uh, that, that's probably the one that nobody knows. I didn't know that. I didn't know about the wildflowers, but that's good to know, man. Awesome. Well, hey, dude, it's been a pleasure. I thank you greatly for coming on and sharing this time with us. Uh, we'll we'll be on for next Tuesday for our hike. We'll pick that back up, and uh, I'll let you know when this drops, probably sometime later today. But thanks so much, Anthony, for hey, joining Mike, us. Hey, appreciate bud. it. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right, buddy. Bye. Talk to you soon, man.